0: Listening to Firebird Radio Brought to you by the Girls School of Austin. You're listening to Firebird Radio, and today we are interviewing Rebecca McEnroy from KUT. So how did you get into the radio business? How did I get into the radio business? So when I left high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I moved to London, because my mom's from London. And my cousins were working for the BBC. And so I thought, oh cool, I'll kind of work with them. And I really, really, really loved recording. Loved it. I loved recording. I loved, um, they were in BBC television, but they were in the sound department. So I was working a lot with all of the microphones and the recording equipment. And I, I just, I loved it, and I bought a little recorder, similar to that, but it had a little cassette tape in it. And I would travel, I traveled a lot, right out of high school, so for about seven years I was just traveling. And I was recording everywhere I went. I would record little kids singing on the streets, I would record just like the sounds of the streams. I would record street bands and you know people like talking or the call to prayer or anything like that. I would record, you know, people selling newspapers and everything. So I still have all these little tapes of recording. And I didn't really know I wanted to be in radio, but I loved recording things and I loved sound. And when I was a little kid, your age, my grandparents lived in England, and we would make little cassette tapes and we would record ourselves and send those across and then they would record themselves and send them back (laughs) (laughs) and so we would send back and forth. And I still have some of those recordings and I can still, I I can be transported immediately to their home when I hear them talk. I can be transported immediately through sound. So I knew, There was something kind of magical for me in sound and in the human voice and what the human voice and everything that that has in it can kind of do and transmit and how that can connect people. So I knew that there was something there. I moved back to Iowa, and I was just looking for random jobs, and I enrolled in the University of Iowa in the anthropology department because I was still like thinking I was going to do anthropology. But at the same time, there was this little radio station, and they were offering a job putting CDs away for, like, six bucks an hour, <laughs> right? You, you go in there, and it was full of CDs. And so the DJs would, you know, play their show, classical mainly, and then they'd just, like, leave their pile of CDs. And I was like, one day I will leave a pile of CDs, but I still have none. So <laughs> they, they had all these CDs, and I would just put them away, put them away, put them away. And then one day, um, it was in a room with a lot of other people. A lot of other people were around me. And there was this show, Saturday Night Live. Do you guys know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So there was a funny sketch that Alec Baldwin used to do, and it was called Delicious Dish, and uh, they would make fun of people on public radio, and they'd be like, oh, corn chowder, my favorite, corn chowder, so good. You know, and they would like, do this whole public radio thing, (laughs) it's so funny. So I was um, mimicking that show one day, just for laughs and everybody, you know. And uh, we were making fun of it, and the program director came in and she said, Rebecca, you've got a great voice. Will you be on air this weekend? One of their DJs quit and they needed somebody to host the opera show. So I started as a DJ, you know, in Iowa doing this opera show. And I was so nervous. But um, but eventually I kind of got down with it and it was cool. And then I, I stayed on the air. I started producing this jazz show with this very cool guys. It was Frank Conroy. He was the head of the Iowa Writers Workshop at the time. We were producing this jazz show and then I, I just started thinking, like I'm gonna pu- I want to put together a show, you know? So I taught myself how to edit on the um, software that they had. I think it was like Cool Edit or whatever they had. Taught myself how to edit, put, in, put together an intro for a show, and then finished my degree at Iowa. And my boyfriend at the time was in Vegas. And so I moved out to Las Vegas. I was cocktail waitressing at the Hard Rock Casino. And I was driving to work one day and I heard somebody on the air and I was like, man, I can do that I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, so I took this little demo that I'd made in Iowa and I went to the station manager. And I was just like, are you hiring for DJs? And they were hiring for DJs and it's just, she hired me on the spot. And then I kind of worked my way up there. and. Um, Produced a lot of stuff, produced this great award-winning segment called Community Connections, which is like KUT's Get Involved stuff. It was awesome. And then my um, boyfriend, then turned husband, decided he wanted to go to graduate school here at UT. And I was like, cool, I'll go to UT too. (laughs) For grad school. Why not? What what am I going to do with my life? So, um, and, and he's a filmmaker, so we were producing a lot of films at the time, and I was acting in films, and I was um, modeling and voice, doing a lot of voiceover work, so kind of just keeping in the, my fingers in the pot, you know? And we moved here, and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to be there, I want to stay in radio, because uh, I, I kind of found this nice fit in radio, and I really liked it, and even though I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, I still thought radio... I really liked it I felt kind of grounded centered there and like I could do anything there because it's like I could I have interests all over the place all over the board and I could do everything I wanted to in radio so I sent in a tape a CD and put it in my little resume at KUT and I got a call before I moved out here and they said we we're hiring for for DJs on the weekend will you be a DJ on the weekend what is your advice for a young person interested in a career in radio or podcasting? The thing that I really learned, I'll tell you this, since I'm bestowing advice and wisdom on you, <laughs> um, is that if you are in radio, if you can do every single role, which you have to do in public radio, and I'm sure in co-op as well, maybe, mm-hmm. you, know, you voice spots, you write spots, you write your own intros and outros, and you write your own stories you voice your own stories, you record your own stories, you edit your own stories, you produce your own stories, you upload your own stories, you write your own show notes. You do that whole thing. You know how to do all that stuff. It's great to have help, but if you, know, if you can know how to do all that stuff, you, you help yourself. Because as an independent producer, which you guys are independent producers right now of this content, you have to know how to do all that stuff. It's really invaluable. Tell us about a time something unexpected happened live on air. Well, I can answer Okay, go ahead. Because the thing is, I improvise on there all the time, every single day. And you never know what's going to happen. The show might just drop out completely. And I used to totally freak out, and my heart would race, and my face would turn red, and I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Um, and now I just chill and realize, like, it's just radio. Like, nobody's going to die. It's cool. So, kind of just relax and let it happen. I have a, a film music CD on the side that I bring up. I have a little stock footage in my head that are terms like, "We seem to have technical difficulties with the program right now. Don't worry, we'll be back with you in just a moment." You're listening to KUT. The harder things that happen are when breaking news is happening, and you have to you have to be very present with what's going on. And there have been moments. Um, like during 9-11, when I was on the air during 9-11, you just have to be very present with the, the, what's coming in and what you're saying and very direct and not emotional. And you kind of have to step back and you just really kind of go out of your body. And then if you need a break, you just kind of take a break. That kind of stuff is a little bit more different, and that comes with experience. you got to really, you know, you gotta learn, You got to learn how to deal with crisis. But I guess the only way to learn how to deal with crisis is to deal with crisis. You work as a producer on Two Guys on Your Head, what is your role as a producer? Okay, so that would change in... that uh, The role of a producer, a producer basically makes it happen. Produces things. Produces. So whatever, you, whatever, however you're going to get this idea to this idea, that's what a producer does. They fill in all those blanks. Sometimes it means you have to make a phone call and get someone to give you money and so someone else can put the show together. In radio, with what I do in radio, the role of my job as a producer is to... Um, it's only me, so I do all the research myself for each show, come up with the ideas that we're going to record, book a time when the guys can come in to record, sit down and record. The shows are seven and a half minutes long, we usually record for thirty minutes and we have a conversation amongst all of us about whatever topic we're talking about. So we're going to do a topic. And we sit down and we talk about all these different aspects of, of sleep and then my job is to ask them questions that prompt them to talk about stuff and to listen to them and to hear what they're saying to make sure that I know all of the different angles that I want to take on the show and make sure they're covering each one even if we don't use it just to have that diverse you know perspective of things and then I take that tape and I listen to all the tape and I take out the segments that I really think are fabulous and that people need to know and put it that together into a show I upload that show to the air I upload that show to the iTunes place that we do um, to all the web places and then I write write up all the show notes on it so I tell people you know what the shows about what other roles are involved in creating a podcast it just depends what kind of podcast you know you're producing there could be um, there could be more researchers there could be more assistant producers more editors there could be people doing social media who only did you know all the social media um, there could be um, directors people who come in and direct the show, um, a lot of lot of editors, a lot of uh, executive producers, well, not a lot of executive producers, but a couple executive producers mm-hmm. who kind of, you know, make, make things happen, get the money for stuff. Do you have a favorite moment from your career in radio? Oh my god, there's so many, so <laughs> many, so many. Every Every day I get to work in radio, I think. Every day I get to go to work, I think, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to talk to these people. I interviewed, our first show that we did for The Secret Ingredient was an interview with this 92-year-old anthropologist. His name is Sidney Mintz. Those moments in my career where I get to talk to people about the breadth of how they developed themselves and, and the impact that they're leaving on this world and I get to record that and then share it with people and think, like, maybe somebody will hear that who's in fifth grade, and they'll be like, this guy just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of... Those things, those, like, those moments. We are starting a podcast. What is your advice for us? Podcast. The thing about podcasts, if you want a successful podcast, it needs to have some influence. And podcasting is in this very strange place right now where there's so many podcasts and radio's in a very strange place where they they need they still need to kind of be the this balanced voice and present all these sides of things which is good which is great. But podcasts with podcasts you can say what you mean and you can find an audience for that. And sometimes that's really good and sometimes it's really bad. But What I would say is I would, like, you know, really kind of sit down with yourselves and think, what is important for me to say here? Like, what is important? What is my perspective? What's going to impact somebody's thinking? I don't know if that's making any sense. Does that make sense to you guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Like, so sit down and just be honest with yourselves. Like, is this something I want to listen to? And if it is, then keep at it. And if it's not, then toss it. What are your personal favorite... Podcasts. I love that question. I love that question. Thank you for asking that question. Because I love podcasts. I love them. I don't have a television. I listen to podcasts all the time. I listen to podcasts when I run, when I wake up in the morning, for my research, all the time. So, um, I have a lot of favorites. One is Great Lives from the BBC. One's In Our Time from the BBC. Uh, another one is Start the Week, which in perspective was modeled after. Um, and lately I've been listening to the New York Times Review of Books podcast, which is incredible, where short story writers read short stories from the New York Times. The London Review of Books has an incredible podcast. So that kind of ties into my next question. Um, beautiful. <laughs> how much have you learned from Two Guys on Your Head? Oh wow! Oh my gosh. From Two Guys on Your Head, from this food show that I'm doing, from the jazz history show that I do, from... views and brews shows that I produce, it's like, I can't even tell you. You know what it's like? It's not even how much have you learned, it's more like I feel as if I'm in in this room, you know? In this kind of dark room, and then every, and I just get to go through these these veils, and I just keep getting to see different landscapes, you know? So it's, I don't know, I can't quantify how much I've learned, but I do know that every Show that I've produced has allowed me to kind of see a different vista or a different landscape or a different perspective on the world and that is just one of the reasons I love the work I do. Alright, well actually it's time to wrap up so thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Rebecca McEnroe on Firebird Radio.